0: Good evening. Good evening. evening. Look at you guys go. It's amazing. It's harder to do this off my iPhone than my iPad, but I should have charged my iPad. Um, it It is really good to see everyone. I'm sorry I'm a bit tired. Tonight will not be particularly long, not just because there was barbecuing going on all day, but... Um, because we're going to just shift gears a little bit. We've been studying the Westminster Confession of Faith up until this point, but because tomorrow is Palm Sunday and we're about to enter into Holy Week, I just wanted to take just a really short shift of gears to talk about what we're about to embark on when we show up to church tomorrow. So the first, and I don't think I ever give announcements at the outpost, but there is an announcement. There is no outpost next week. I'll put in the email. We're, we have things going on from Monday, Thursday and Good Friday, and then our, our encouragement to everyone here is that the night before Resurrection Sunday, before Easter, that you can take that with family and be together and um, preparing your hearts for the day, the Easter day that will be ahead. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is this week that's coming up. Um, tomorrow's Palm Sunday, and it begins the week that we call Holy Week. And that is the week between Palm Sunday and the Saturday, so a week from today before Easter. And I think that you guys know that I like to tie God, you know, to literally everything. And one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot this week as I was kind of thinking about Saturday night and walking into holy week was time. And we've talked about time a lot here before, but time is really, really important. And do you know what the very first thing that God created was? Haha. It's, it's almost like a, it's like a softball. It's like underhand yeah, yeah. softball. But it was time. So if you were to read the Hebrew, if you read the Hebrew of Genesis 1.1, it would say bereshit, which we, in the beginning of, and it translates in the ESV as in the beginning. But in the beginning of, God created the heavens and the earth. God exists outside of space and time. And so the creation of something within that implies time implies a starting point. In the beginning, there was a beginning of something. There was a starting point. And and there was no time before Bereshit, before the beginning. God existed in that space that was outside of space and time. But God is the creator of everything. Zach and I were talking in the car a few days ago when he was here for spring break about this. He's got some, you know, atheist, air quotes, friends that he works with and talking about like How how is something created from nothing? Well, something isn't created from nothing. Somebody had to create. There had to have been a creator, a starting point. And so that's what Bereshit is, the beginning, God creating time, time existing. And so I I bring this up because we as a church, which is in in some Protestant circles a little bit... um, Abnormal, which is unfortunate, but we follow an annual church calendar because there are rhythms and life cycles and seasons that take place in the life of a Christian every single year. And we know this outside. We're, thank God, about, I mean, it's already past the first day of spring, but it's almost spring. Like you can actually feel it. A couple of us are in shorts. Thank God, we've been waiting for this for so very long. But we know that there are seasons within natural revelation within God's creation of the world, but, but there are seasons within our worship and our life cycle as Christians and well as well, and this is one such season right now uh, as we go into this Holy Week, and I think that… I bring this up mul- you know, many times because I think that rhythms are really important. Rhythms are important to how we discipline ourselves to the things that we have to do, but rhythms are really important for a group of people, for a culture of people, for a body of people. And so um, just like the physical seasons we see outside the the church, we we see seasons and and rhythms that exist within the church, and we should be paying attention to those because our calendar is really important. It, It is supposed to generate an emotional response within the season that we are because ultimately it's to draw us closer to God. So obviously the things like the church calendar and these seasons are not things for us to worship, but they are incredibly important parts of the life cycle of a believer, and so commemorating things and, and acknowledging things and thinking of those things is, is important. We, we do that with birthdays. Everybody here likes birthdays. Like we really, as a church, we like birthdays. Have you ever met a little kid who's not excited that their birthday is in like 11 and a half months from now? <laughs> and then six months, and then five months, and then four months, and then three, and then two, and then one week? I mess with the kids sometimes. They're, now that the youngest is old enough to know that, you know, my sense of humor is not that great. Um, I'd be like, oh, your birthday's not next week. Yes, it is. Oh, no, 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 it's not. We, we, we canceled that. What? You can't do that. <laughs> be, because those things are important to us. The, the, the way we commemorate and remember things, whether it's a birthday or an anniversary or, or a holiday or a remembrance, uh, that is built into the cycle of, of who we are. Because time is an important marker. That's why we ask people how old you are. Right, that's an arbitrary thing in general, How, how old are you? Oh, I, because I have this marker, I knew the day I was born and how many days it's been since I've been born. So we understand time now, but, but the Jews, the Jews in the first century, they also and before understood time and, and Jews today as well. Most of the Jewish holidays and ceremonies are time bound, they're on a lunar cycle. And so for the Jews, time is very important. Watching when the new moon comes up is very important because holidays like Passover and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are going to be tied to those as well. But something that we know as well about time is we know that it's finite. We know that God is infinite, but we know that time here is finite. And then for those of you, uh, not you, of course, but the rest of us as we continue to age, we notice that time seems to accelerate as we get older, especially when you have... Other markers for time you have children it's crazy my eldest will be 18 this year which is insane I'm not old enough to have an 18 year old not old enough to have an adult but you watch as the kids get older and then you get older and you don't feel like you're a lot older but the kids become a marker to watch the passage of time or maybe it's nieces or nephews or people that are in your life even just the other night I was looking at photos from five years ago and looking at how much you especially like the difference between you now and, and when you were T's age, it's, it's really crazy. So here, here's a fun exercise that you can do with your non-Christian friends, and even some of your Christian ones. You should ask them what the most important, important date on the Christian calendar is. What do, you, what do you think the response will be mostly? Christmas, Christmas. obviously. There's trees and parties and cookies and things. I can ask that almost anywhere and that's the response that we'll get. But but that's actually not the most important holiday on the Christian calendar. It's not the most important time of the year that we celebrate. Now, don't get me wrong, we love, we like, really love Christmas here. We're all about Christmas. We wouldn't have Easter without it. But we wouldn't have Easter without it, which is also true. We wouldn't have Easter okay. without it. Without Christmas, yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. That's okay. It's been a long day. But I would say that if we're looking at, at cycles and times in the Christian calendar while Christmas is important and it's a really joyful time and it's connecting and there's a bunch of hallmark movies we can watch and watch a Christmas story and that's just delightful, it's not the most important holiday. If we were to really think of things on the level of importance, I would argue that Easter, what we're, we're, we're gonna celebrate a week from tomorrow, is the most important holiday on the, the Christian calendar. And that's because all of our, all of our faith Everything that we believe hinges on next Sunday. It it hinges on the truthfulness of Easter. This is why we've been talking about the Westminster Confession of Faith up until this point. We're still in in chapter one where I think we we just finished paragraph six. We're, We're talking about the authority of Scripture, God's holy word. If God's word isn't true, then we don't have to worry about Easter. And if Easter isn't true, then those of the other things aren't true which would be a really big problem, right? Because all of our faith hinges on the fact that Jesus Christ came back from the dead, that He was who He said He was. And actually, Paul, Paul makes this very clear in 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19. Paul says, Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and, and your faith, your faith is in vain You see, everything in our faith ties to Easter. And granted, Easter couldn't have happened if Jesus wasn't born. But But if Jesus didn't come back from the dead, then we, we people who believe in Jesus, are people to be pitied. We're people who wouldn't be saved from our sins. You see, Easter really matters because everything, everything is dependent on Easter being true. Because without the resurrection, then Jesus is just another guy that said some nice things, and if it had been 2023, he could have published a self-help book, and it would have been really great. But that's not who Jesus is. We know that's not who Jesus is. We know that Jesus is the Messiah, that He did come back from the dead. We know that the resurrection is true, and thank God, because it is the cornerstone of our faith. Because without Jesus' death on the cross and His ultimate resurrection of putting death to death... We could not achieve salvation and be reunited with God. And that's why this week matters so much. What I hope it is, is it becomes a place of deep reflection for us. It becomes a place where we reflect on on our God who sent His Son in love to die for our sins, to free us from the bondage of our sin, to be reunited with Him, to, to be promised for life eternal with Him. He loves us so much that He reunites us to Himself, even though we were enemies with Him. And I think the amazing thing is that everything in the world has changed because of Jesus. So much so that the world measures time. God has an incredible, incredible sense of humor. So we were joking around at the men's group about St. Patrick's Day, all these guys drinking and screaming and yelling and they're partying, celebrating a man that brought Christianity to Ireland. (laughs) that he evangelized the pagans. I'm on board with this. But it's the same. And anybody, we ask you what year it is, and it's 2023. And we measure now There's some discussion about when Jesus was actually born, and we can get into those nuts and bolts. But the concept, the idea is that everybody is measuring time from the birth of one man. Everybody, even the people that don't believe in him, are still measuring it in 2023 years from the birth of Jesus. But for those who are in faith, it's even greater than this, right? It's, it's, it's not only did Jesus come, but He died for us. The people that He picked before the creation of the world, His adopted sons and His adopted daughters, His beloved. And I think that that, that should cause our hearts to glow and tremble at the, at the exact same moment. We, we get to glow because God has given us His grace, that He, he loves us despite our failings, and we all have many. Maybe not you, but me. I have many. But we should also be in in awe, fear. That's that word fear, not like hiding under the desk fear, but this trembling awe and reverence that God is larger than we are, that we are not God. And then when you realize that He picked you, even despite your failings, the awe and reverence become greater because you realize that a holy God loves all of us unholy beings. And so what it should do and what I hope it does is we, we walk into Holy Week because it overwhelms us with God's mercy. No matter what our circumstance happens to be. It, it, it should allow us to go into life in joy daily because no matter what our circumstance is, God has saved us. You know, Paul, Paul talks about being high and being low and having a lot and having a little and being a slave and being a free man. And he says, the only reason he can do any of these things is through Jesus Christ who strengthens him. And that's the same for all of us. And so that's the reflection. That's the reflection that we go into this Holy Week with. Is this incredible gift of mercy and love that God has given us, even the sinners. He loves us, that He redeems us, that He saves us, that He draws us home. And we don't live out the life perfectly, and he doesn't even expect us to live out the life perfectly. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? Last year, I preached at Monday Thursday at the church we were at last year, and the thing that stuck out to me the most at Monday Thursday, and I'm not I'm, I'm not going to uh, preach on the same thing this year, so I want to share with it share it with you, is that Jesus knew who was going to betray him, and then he washed that man's feet, and these aren't like. 20, 23 feet, which can still be really nasty. These are like first century sandal feet walking through dung and nastiness and like human sewage that's in the the streets and and horses. And this is gross. So much so that, that servants and slaves would have been the ones that would have washed people's feet. And Jesus washed Judas's feet. How often do we fail all of that? Loving our enemies in the way that Jesus loved the man who was about to betray Him. There's always plenty of room for us to grow. Today at the barbecue class, the guys were complaining about road rage, which was great because then I got to share Pastor Craig's tips. At one point, one of the guys yelled, preach it on preacher man. And I thought that was great. So I said, amen, amen. He's like, I get so mad when people drive. And I was like, you should just say bold move. <laughs> that was a bold move. I didn't even know you could move six lanes in one go. Or, I hope you have, get to the hospital okay with whatever the emergency you happen to be going down the street for us. <laughs> because our sinful hearts <laughs> don't want to react that way when people act silly to us, right? Oh, of course. I mean, Obviously, he's very concerned. Obviously, get out of their way. A, yeah, absolutely, get that baby, bring that new life into this world. You see, God loves us even despite our shortcomings, even when we're in faith. And that's really, really incredible. But we need these reminders, and I hope that this week can be a reminder, that we need to fix our eyes constantly upon Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2, looking to Jesus, fixing our eyes upon Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. Despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. See, that's Jesus. That's our God. It's the perfecter of our faith. It's the one who draws us to himself. This is the one that tomorrow we get to proclaim Hosanna, Hosanna. Like, this is incredible. Save me now, save me now, please, literally. Thank God he has. But this is also the one that invites us to his table, to eat with him every single week, he invites us to a meal. He invites us to sit and partake and join him in a meal. This is the man who dines with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes. He's the man who was betrayed. He was a man who was hung between two common criminals. He's the one that died to death on a cross so that we all could have new life. That's really, really incredible. Jesus comes and He puts death to death. See, that is our King Jesus. That is who we must constantly fix our eyes upon. And that's really and truly where my encouragement is. See, that Audi is always in a hurry. I think they are always headed to the hospital a couple times a day. Lots of, <laughs> lots, lots of emergencies driving down our street. But, but that is my encouragement for this week as we go into this week, as we fix our eyes upon Jesus the perfecter of our faith, the one who picked us, the one who loves us, the one who knows our hearts and still loves us even in the difficult stages of where our hearts can be. So I want you to make this this week holy. I want you to make it special. It's not sprinkling water on it, but it's about refixing your eyes upon Jesus, about allowing yourself to feel the passion, the story of the passion, feel the emotion. We're going to walk through as a church this week through Jesus' passion, starting tomorrow with the triumphant, uh, the triumphant entry with, with Palm Sunday. But I want you to feel this because it is an emotional time, and it should be, because Christ came to die for you, and that should elicit some type of an emotional response in you. Each and every one here, Christ died for. That is incredible. People that were the enemies of God, Christ died for. The, 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 perfect, and, uh, the perfect sacrifice died for the absolutely imperfect people. That is absolutely incredible, and He did that so He could save us, so He could bring us into new life, to give us unending life, and to change us so that we take that back out into our communities and into the world, and and we live this life for all of Christ, for all of life, by the way we love our neighbors, and the way we love our enemies, and the way we strengthen each other, and the way we we settle disputes, and the way that we say that was a bold move on I-25. And ultimately, we give God all the glory, no matter what our circumstance is, whether it's the path we thought it was going to be or, or, or the path we didn't think. Job. I remember an Orthodox synagogue once when I was Jewish. Somebody said, we bless God for the good times and we bless God for the bad times because they all come from God. So this is the week where we fix our eyes even deeper upon Jesus so that we can, we can carry that outside of Holy Week but we feel it we want to feel these things as we go through the week see Paul's words in 1 Timothy 1:15 they ring very true to my heart and i would imagine they will do yours as well this is who our jesus is who king jesus is the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that christ jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom i am the foremost i resonate deeply with paul's comments that christ jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. So this is what we we reflect on this week. As we experience the joy, we experience the sorrow, and then we experience the salvation of this incredible Holy Week. And so that's my encouragement for you. Leave here, think about these things as we read and as we pray and as we sing and as you study. Feel. Feel this week. Allow yourself to feel deeply. And and allow it to, to bring you to a place where... You're constantly turning in humility on your knees to the cross of Christ, thanking Him for dying in your place, which allows you to live a renewed life and to love your neighbor and to love your enemy and to be joyful, to be joyful even when the world is literally on fire. So we're going to get up. We're going to sing. I'm going to make the mac and cheese. We made some pulled pork today, which is amazing. We're going to have some of that, and then we're going to feast. We're going to prepare our hearts for Palm Sunday. So let's get up. I need to get the music, and let's sing.